0: Comedy Pods proudly presents Garrett Teitelbaum, It's Nice to See He's Working. Episode 156 of Garrett Teitelbaum, It's Nice to See He's Working is here. It is April, what's the day? The 23rd. We're taping one live. It'll be out this evening. Trevor Austin in the studio today at the Unplanned Comedy Warehouse, Say what's up to the people.
1: Yo, thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for doing it, my friend. Trevor and I met at the Parkway Theater about a month, maybe a month and a half ago. He's been tearing up the scene for a little while now. I've seen you've been getting out to Erie. You're doing a lot of stuff in and around Western PA. Yeah. Talk to me about how you got started, what you were doing prior to us meeting.
1: Huh. Well, I really only started seriously in December. I think December 20th was the first mic I went to. Nice. Um, no, I had tried a couple times in the past and just put it right back down. It was awful, you know. And, now, when
0: uh, you started, were you doing straight stand-up comedy, or yeah. what, did you? Okay.
1: Yeah. So, and so I couldn't get a launch point. I I had no direction, and it was just leading a lot of self-doubt, like a full-blown identity crisis. But sure. I was like mad at my friends, like like they you did told it. me I was funny. I did that in front of people, <laughs> you know, and. Uh, Then, a close friend of mine, actually, he kept saying, go up there with the instrument. It's just kind of, it's something different, and uh, not a lot of people do it. So, I went up at the Parkway for the first time and just played a couple songs, and it went way better than I could have ever expected to, and uh, I've been getting a lot of work ever since. It's been a lot of fun.
0: Nice, man. What was the... I mean, what were you doing with the guitar prior to introducing it into comedy? Did you play in bands? Was it something uh, that you trying to kinda... pick up
1: girls at campfires? <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, playing not, Wonderwall, not a lot much. of John yeah, Mayer, exactly. sure. I know all the petty hits. And uh, my brother is like a very he's like an advanced musician and I just kinda would pick up his guitar when he'd leave the house. Sure. And uh, teach myself. So um, yeah, I'm self-taught. I'm hardly a musician. I would say I'm, I'm hardly a musician, I'm hardly a comic, but when you put them together, it seems to be going pretty all you right. And get by with the two. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> now, I mean, with your song structure, are you trying to change it up? Are you trying to become more of a musician, or are you really just trying to get it to the point where they can sing along? Hopefully, people are buying in and listening to what you're talking about.
1: The end game... You know, I'm also kind of taking it one day at a time, you know, I get bookings, I'm not going to get booked based on someone seeing me play funny songs and then go without an instrument.
0: Smart. But the end
1: game for me is to slowly transition and kind of phase into just doing regular stand up. And I'll always have it as a tool. I, you know, I can always kind of do both. It, it also enables me to do like, I've only been doing this, like I said, for four or five months. That's impressive, man. I can, I've done a handful of 20 minute sets. Wow. Um, it's a lot easier with the music. I mean, it's four songs right off the bat. You're at 12 minutes, Yeah, you know? So um, it's kind of given me versatility of the ability to be booked. Um, So yeah, it's been a blessing, man. I'm having a lot of fun. Sometimes I I don't pause enough to think about how awesome these last four or five months have been. Yeah, certainly. And there's been a lot of guys who've really, really helped as far as... I mean, on my own, I would just still be going to the same three mics, you know, and a lot of people have, uh, like... Chris Scriva took me out to uh, Erie, and then right away I got a couple bookings in Erie. So there's been a few different guys, like all the guys that we got next. I have to give them so much credit and yeah. thanks because they're kind of putting me all over town. And then uh, it seems to be growing exponentially every day. So
0: that's good, man. Now, when you say like the goal is to be able to like have it be a part of the act, do you, do you have like comedy influences that use the guitar, like a Nick Thune or a Steve uh, Merchant? Not Stephen Merchant. I've actually never heard of those two. Stephen Merchant is a writer for The Office. That's not who I'm... I'm Stephen Lynch is who I was yeah, thinking yeah. of.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. One uh-huh. time, uh, I've had Mike hosts bring me up on stage and say, Ladies and gentlemen, Stephen Lynch. Oh, I, I mean Trevor Austin. And it wasn't a compliment. Oh. <laughs> you know? But, uh, yeah, I, I I like to think, because I, I hear Bo Burnham all the time, too. Yeah. And I would like to think the only thing I have in common with someone like Steven Lynch is that I have a guitar. Tom Petty has a guitar too. So I'd like to think it's different. It's not that different. Sure. (laughs) Um, But I wouldn't say influences really full disclosure. It's kind of just a crutch. It's like, it's a way to get up and uh, interact with the audience and loosen things up without, uh, you know, it's, it's just a way to get the room over quickly and then I, I can tell some jokes. They land a little easier and, um, yeah, that's about...
0: You're still treating it like it's a shield yeah, to yeah. protect My
1: influences you. would hate me, I think. <laughs> <laughs> My influences would be like this gimmicky musical comic. Get them off. But uh, there's the saying, like, the audience will tell you. And the audience has been digging it, so I can't...
0: The mic doesn't uh, yeah, lie, lie at complain. the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Have you noticed a difference between, like, an eerie Pennsylvania audience and some of the stuff you've been able to do around here?
1: Oh, man, I actually have a pretty funny story about Erie. Um, I struggle sometimes if my biggest difficulty is to stay within the parameters of present day society's standards, as far as what is okay and what is not okay to say. Sure. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm almost like you could call me like a nihilist socially. Like, I, I don't care what you say. I mean, I, I know all the dead babies jokes. <laughs> you know, I, nothing really can offend me.
0: Got that Jesselnick act down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing
1: offends me in, in that sense. But then I, I also struggle to remember, I think everybody struggles to remember, not everybody is exactly like you. Right. And I try to keep that in the front of my mind. Um, so I, I've crossed the line a few times, especially I'm on these stages. I have no business being on, I'm on with these experienced comics who are killing yeah. and I'll get up there and try to say something for shock effect and, and well, it works, you know? <laughs> and so when I went off to Erie, I only did two quick sets, but if I had to uh, assess it from that. They seemed like a way softer room than some of the rooms I've been around. I don't mean softer, more hardcore would be a better way to put it. Yeah, they they let me get away with when you're everything. outside of the city. I yeah. think,
0: yeah, you get into that red state part of Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier to get away with some of this stuff that you can talk about on stage. Yeah, yeah. Because I've only gotten to see your full act the one time at Parkway, but you had a song, uh, and it might have even been like an audience suggestion, which I know you take sometimes, yeah, yeah. that ended up being about Caitlyn Jenner. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so I don't like, you might get some pushback here in the uh, Pittsburgh area if you're talking about somebody who's trained, even if you're not being negative about yeah. it. Yeah, I like to by say, by say that's a math it. joke,
1: you know? Yeah. Because the the joke is Caitlyn Jenner won Woman of the Year, but she was only a woman for six months. So I guess men are just twice as good at everything. It's a math joke. That's six months, 12 months, whatever. Right. But I also have, oh man, I have really, if you needed me to, I have 30 minutes on (laughs) Chick-fil-A. I love Chick-fil-A and it's, it's, it's kind of like a joke of, you know, it's not anti LGBT. It's pro Chick-fil-A. I've had that really go wrong in a couple rooms here and up in that room. I was, I was nervous to do it because there were a lot of people in the crowd who protest chick fil A. I you, you could tell. Yeah. <laughs> and they loved it. It went over real smooth. So sometimes it's, you, you can say the same exact words, the same pace in two different places, and you'll really upset someone, which I hate. I can't stand that, man. Offending um, people. Yeah, I can't stand it. But I also can't help it is, is the sure. way I feel. Like I, I don't like that it happens, but it's just kind of... You want to stay true to yourself.
0: You have to push buttons as a comedian. And yeah, you have to yeah. be willing to get to that line and figure out where it is for you, yeah. what you're comfortable to say or talk about on stage. And I think the audience, if they like you, and if the guitar is the way that you ingratiate yourself, it's a lot easier to then be like, okay, well, how far can I push things? Oh, it what softens am I willing the blow. To- yeah, for sure. It
1: softens the blow. You put three upbeat chords behind anything. And all of a sudden it's, a, it's okay.
0: Well, know? and it's just different than what's going on when you see comic after comic after yeah. comic and it's, it's at least okay. What's different about this person? You have a very obvious differentiator off yeah. the bat that the audience can hear and see.
1: Yeah. If you want to show that stylistically diverse, it's very beneficial that I get plugged in a lot in those places. Like, sure. Oh, we can throw this in the middle of the night and switch it up. Also, there's the other side of that sword, which is not everybody wants music going on before them, which I fully understand that, too. So, But it, it's certainly opened more doors than it's closed.
0: Yeah. Has there been an audience member or a reaction to one of your jokes or songs that has, like you said, you don't want to offend people, yeah. that somebody's been upset or bothered by something they talked to you about?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, honestly, now that I think about it, I've probably only done like 60 shows and and it's probably happened at 10 of them, you know, but, uh, (laughs) again, that's cause you're going there, you know, I've I've also been complimented by a lot of people that say, I know how to tiptoe right up to the line and then step back off of it, which that, you know, that's the nicest compliment I've gotten in comedy Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Um, so it, it's happened. And then I, I usually what happens is it's relatively neutralized because then the the soft weakling inside of me comes right out. of Oh, my goodness. I am so sorry. <laughs> I never, ever want to hurt anybody's feelings, you know. And uh so I've never had any like r- real problems. I've never been asked not to come back or anything. Well, that's anywhere. positive. Yeah. yeah. Yet.
0: <laughs> Knock on wood. Now I know you're in the midst of the you're two rounds into the improv contest. Tomorrow night is the finals. Yeah. At the Pittsburgh Improv, newly remodeled. How have those sets gone in the larger venue compared to a lot of what we have in town?
1: Um well I'll be honest. I don't. I have. I've kind of got over my nerves in most places. I get very nervous before I go on there. Sure. Just because it it feels like a bigger deal, and I I'm trying to talk myself down as though it's really just an open mic contest. Virtually, you know. Very much, yeah. Uh, the first round, I I did all written stuff that I have, and you know it's five minutes. I rushed through it to make sure I got it all in. Yeah. I didn't have the best set. Truth be told, the guy who was up against me, he had a better set than me.
0: I don't oh, that's know. right, because yeah. it's head to head.
1: Yeah, it's head to head. Right. Um, and that went, um, I I somehow advanced, and then the second round, I did all crowd work, um, for the whole five minutes, despite nice. everybody sure. telling me that was a bad idea. <laughs> and it's you're striking oil because it we hit it went great, right. and uh, I was up against uh, Vanessa Sinclair, who's hilarious, very and, funny, like, seasoned, and five times the performer I am and it was just kind of a uh, it was a perfect storm of just like the improv went really well and uh, so here I am somehow on the finals in that stage. Well, and I think mm-hmm.
0: for an audience, a lot of times they just like seeing that stuff that doesn't feel rehearsed. And it, it puts yeah. you in the room. It's real. It's Even if it's not all 100% off the cuff, it yeah. feels like it is to the audience. And yeah. that's what's important is it feels like it's not something you've rehearsed or it's it's not recreatable is ultimately yeah, what yeah. it comes it's down to. It's the same
1: to. exact thing you want to do with traditional stand-up. It's just I, I mean I'd be lying if I said it's not much easier to do with music. Cause yeah. You can act like you're just kind of riffing on a song and um, but yeah that the second round at the improv was the most fun I've had in a long time doing stand up and awesome. I was like I don't know if I it's like I don't even want to go back. I'm like oh that I want that to be the last bite of food, you know. <laughs> I, that was that was the corner with the crust and the cheese on it. It's like but uh it'll be fun tomorrow. You so know, You're going one,
0: in how many people in the finals? 8 and it's not head to head at this point. It's just winner yeah. take all.
1: You know what? I'm not, I know it's winner take all, okay. but I'm not sure if they do audience vote again or if it's judges vote. Oh, sure. I'm going to find out when I get there and then plan my set accordingly. I was about to say, so you got
0: no plan no going plan. into tomorrow.
1: If it's audience vote, I'm going to do. So there's sort of a plan. If it's audience vote, I'm going to do all crowd work and okay. just roll the dice again. See how that goes. Um, if it's judges vote, I think I might do my regular stuff because it's got like the best word play jokes. And yeah. I don't know how they're going to judge it. Are they going to judge it based off crowd reaction? or? Because I, I think I'm the only guy who hasn't repeated anything yet.
0: See, that's an impressive right. feat to go up there and just be like, I'm going to totally be different than the first five. Yeah. Um, do you have more time in the finals?
1: Yeah, you get eight minutes. Okay, nice. So, so e- either I'll, way, you a got a little bit. Both. Yeah.
0: Because eight minutes, ultimately, what are you going to get through? Three songs? Yeah, exactly. If, and you're, and you're so. cutting it close. Then, like you said, with all those like shorter sets, anything less than 10 minutes, it becomes so imperative to feel comfortable and not feel like you're rushing to get yeah. to the next thing, yeah. which I think is how a lot they're like, let me fit in this extra joke. And you're like, if you just slow down. Yeah, you'd
1: be better off taking one out. Enjoy the just laughter. And nailing two jokes or whatever. Sit there and
0: know. pause in that laughter. Let yeah. them have fun. It's about them, too.
1: Yeah, that's probably one of the most difficult things as far as being new like that. Absolutely, But uh, that's why the improv helps, because I'm not trying to get through anything rehearsed. I know when to pause in that. Right. You
0: know? So what pushed you to start in December after taking some time off, dipping your toe in, trying it without the guitar?
1: Um, Well, two things. I saw Adam Sandler's new special. Um, have you seen it?
0: I've seen the first like 25 minutes of it. I haven't finished it. Oh, I thought it it
1: was going to be horrendous. And I didn't even think it was good until about a half hour in. It started getting better. And I instantly looked at it and thought, I can do that. You know, I was watching, I was watching like my favorite comics, like Stan Hope and Bill Burr. And I was looking and being like, I don't know why you even thought you could do this. (laughs) Like once I got on stage a few times and was able to analyze what they're doing and really look at it as, oh yeah, they're not just talking. There's a lot more going on there. And I was like, oh, I can never ever do that. And then I saw Sandler's special and I was like, maybe I could do something more along the lines of that. And then also one of my good buddies actually who passed away uh, he passed away about a month and a half ago, and he was like the catalyst to. F- he forced me on stage for the first few times.
0: Love that. That's great. Yeah,
1: so I'm performing for him tomorrow. That's for sure. My buddy Marky D. A lot. He was he was doing mics. He was an open micer too. So. I knew the name, and
0: I think I met him at a mic. But I know that he was probably he out of Parkway with us. That yeah, he,
1: he was everywhere I went. So
0: that's nice to have somebody like that, and it's unfortunate that he passed away. That's gotta yeah. have at least made this last month where you are working consistently and you're starting to get these bigger bookings yeah. feel a little bit bittersweet because you don't have it to share yeah with you.
1: yeah absolutely and it's also I mean for me it's been an avoidance tactic like I'm doing mics every night because I don't want to think about anything else yeah you know? so it's been a blessing and it's really nice that all these people on the scene knew him too so it's like I it, it's it's been easier to mourn and connect with other people good because had we not started doing stand up four five six months ago, nobody else would have known him in my whole life, you know? And right. it, so it's kind of nice that his memory kind of lives on through what I'm doing now.
0: Absolutely. What does a typical week look like for you now? Like what, what's your kind of itinerary on a typical schedule here in the Pittsburgh comedy, comedy scene?
1: schedule lately? I've been doing, I guess, Moose Monday, um, D's cafe Tuesday. Sometimes I go over to, Papa Da Vinci's after sure um, get yelled at by a bunch of college kids. They'll do that. It's fun though. Yeah, I, li- yeah. I like a battle room because c- I have an instrument to battle back with. Fair. <laughs> you know. A lot of people hate a battle room because you can't talk.
0: But- I like Papas and Scarps for that reason. Oh, Scarps
1: is the best. It's- so I'm at Scarps every Wednesday. Are for you sure? Nice. You know what I quit doing was Beer Hive a while ago. Um, just I don't know why. I'm just.
0: It, it can be hit or miss as far as getting an audience upstairs. I'm a big fan of the venue. I host trivia there every yeah, Thursday yeah. at 7. I need to seven. go back,
1: that's for sure.
0: And I'm hoping that once Colin moves here in a few months that the room still kind of has the same vibe to it when you do it. But it's a room that when the audience is up there and they're paying attention is great. Yeah. And it's a fun, you get to do a little bit longer sometimes and it's yeah. nice to have like more than five minutes anywhere you go.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like the food and the beer too.
0: Oh, absolutely. You yeah, know they beer do. Beer on the strip. The beer hot. <laughs> Stop by for trivia every Thursday, or their comedy night on Wednesday night. And then Thursday night, what's your uh, comedy schedule?
1: Thursday is ironically, it's everybody's night on, and I, yeah. I usually take it as a night off. <laughs> really, I'll go. I go to Hambones and hang out and talk to everybody.
0: Just don't want uh, the late spot.
1: Yeah. And I, I used to go to our bar and do that and let your soul kind of (laughs) rot. That place was, (laughs) it was fun though. I like the, the grungier, the better almost with all my tastes. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I go to Hambones pretty much and just kind of take it in a little bit and talk to everybody and, uh, hang out. So Thursday is my comedy night off that I still go and still network. Still do the same thing. Yeah. I'm realizing I don't have any other hobbies now. Um, what Friday. did you do
0: before this? <laughs> yeah, right,
1: right. What did I do? What were you filling your time, time with? Yeah, the devil's hands, man. <laughs> and uh, Friday actually is probably my favorite mic in the city at Parkway, where where we
0: met. Zach simply's yeah. room. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. dude. Uh, it sounds like egotistical, but I always feel kind of like how Dwayne Wade probably feels in Miami. Like that's the first mic I ever went on. and yeah. they let me have extra time and stuff, and I know that you know the owners of the place are great and. I just love that venue. Yeah. It's so cool with the old marquee and the rooms. You, I mean, I've been in there a handful of times where it's just comics and it's a blast. It's still fun. I've yeah. been in there a few times where the room is packed and it's like shockingly good, you yeah. know? So I love going to Parkway. And then lately I've had a show almost every Saturday.
0: Great. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. And no, I, I mean, I, my goal was, I had a couple of different goals I set for the comedy year. You know, I was like by the end of the year, I want to have had a paid gig I want to, you know, at first it was just book a show and you know, I'm crossing off. It's like, I need to sit down and re-evaluate what my goals need to be. Have Cause I'm also done. falling into a trap of, I've put together 10 that I can do in my sleep. Sure. And most people spend a lot more time before they start getting bookings and doing stuff like that. So I've noticed I'm not really growing, you know, sure. I, like I won't make myself tell new jokes. I've really been trying to go to a couple of mics a week without the instrument. And Just really to get up. view you, it is practice. Like yeah. Put the ego away. Who cares if they hate it? You need to get better at that aspect of your game. You
0: well, know? you treat it like it's going to the gym. You mm-hmm. treat it like it's a rep to get better. And it's not all, you know, wind sprints. It's not all race day which is when you get a paid gig, when you get those showcases on the weekend. But to treat an open mic like it's an opportunity to grow or work on some different aspect of your talent is the smarter way to go about it. And you're right, put that ego aside for the day. Yeah. And say, even if it's not going well, feeling comfortable to sit in the pocket Figure out why it's not going well. Are you somebody who records most sets and listens back to them?
1: Yeah, yeah. Unless I have the best set of my life, then I forget to record it. Of course. I, my <laughs> favorite I've got, of like, all four out there in the ether that I'm like, maybe they weren't that good because I, I thought I had one of those the other night and then I listened back and I was like, eh, it was okay.
0: I've taped almost everyone, and there's maybe five that I don't have audio of. And one of them is like the white whale of shows yeah, that yeah. I was like, everything hit. I felt perfect. And it's like, it'll never be.
1: Yeah, leave that where it is. It probably wasn't as good as you thought yep.
0: <laughs> when yeah, you listened back.
1: But um, yeah, I, I try to record everything. What I don't do is listen to it enough. I'm sure. not a fan of my own stuff. I am no Kanye West. Okay, you know, I'm not a fan <laughs> of my own stuff. And I, with the music, it's like, I don't need to be like, where do I inflect here? Where do I emote there? Uh, do I need a longer pause? It's pretty elementary stuff, you yeah. know, there's stuff you, you can do, like you want to strum quieter or do some palm muting and, you know, pause and, and go into a chorus with, you know, just lyrics at certain point to emphasize, but, but it's all pretty easy and you can do it five different ways and have all five work. Yeah. So what I listen to is I usually just listen to the sets where I'm doing bits and, uh, my, by far my biggest Achilles heel is my memory. Okay. No, I don't know if that's associated with nerves or if it's just associated with like a decade of drug abuse. I think it's both. I think it's one of the, <laughs>
0: definitely one of the side effects yeah, of yeah, a few yeah. drugs. Yeah.
1: So it's like, I'll get up there and I can hit all the taglines and all the punchlines, however, in no particular order. Okay. You know? And I, I try to realize, well, I start here and I end up here and I know there's stuff in between. And, uh, I guess I get, I'm hoping with just repetition But that's why it's been such a blessing to, I I like to think I do something that's very unique that I can make up for that in other ways. uh, My act is like, uh, I'd like to think of it as it's like a car wreck, you know what I mean? (laughs) In a good way, you know, so So I can,
0: do you operate like the white stripes when you go up and you have no idea what you're going to open with? Or do you typically have like, this is what I, this is how I get into the set.
1: See, that's why I didn't like that first set I had at the improv. Cause okay. I went up with a full on five minute bullet by bullet plan and I hit it all, which I was proud of. I was like, look at that. You remembered. Um, <laughs> but also it didn't feel good. It didn't like capture the energy that I think draws people in to enjoy when I have a good set. Sure. So, um, There are a lot of times, like, if you want to come out to the Parkway Theater on Friday nights, that that is the place where usually I have very little plan and just kind of screw around. It feels like I'm in my basement. It's fun there. Yeah. Um, And that's what I did in the second round, and that really worked. But you're also playing with fire there because there's nothing worse than sitting and stirring and like, you know, someone requests a song or idea or something and you've got nothing. Oh, is that feeling horrible?
0: Oh yeah. Especially, I mean, do you almost every set open up some sort of an improv situation where you have to be loose?
1: Every single set. Nice. Um, if I only have five minutes, that's the only time I've ever not done it. Sure. Because it's just, you don't have time to get into it. No. But even with a lot of five minute sets, I do that. That's, that's another one for me. It's like the end game is either to put the use the instrument down or to do fully improv, or like just some sets bring the guitar and say we're going to make up songs as we go, because that's kind of uh, my bread and butter and what all my friends... Everyone has friends that were like, you should do stand-up. This is what
0: you were meant to do.
1: Yeah, where I heard that was sitting around campfires trying to impress girls (laughs) and (laughs) just kind of screwing around and singing funny songs about whatever.
0: Do you, for the is that where you get a lot of the stuff that becomes actual songs or are you sitting down when you started and writing a little bit more too? I
1: have a lot of songs that were someone yells something out in the audience and then it becomes a song. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know why I can't think of one off the top of my head. Well, the Caitlyn Jenner thing, that's how that started. I think that was a suggestion that night at Parkway actually. Someone yells something out. And then I, I do go back through the recordings for that. What did I say about that? That was, that worked. And, uh, you know and tweak it and adjust it but for the most part i have like i have like 10 little one and a half to three minute songs and i can plug them in in and out wherever interchangeably Mm -hmm. and then from there what 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 seems to get people to enjoy it the most because everyone's i know now that i've become close friends with a lot of comics who are talented as hell and i respect them yeah i know the eye roll of oh this guy's bringing a guitar to the stage I I can feel it on me like like a, like sleep paralysis pushing <laughs> down like I can just feel it like yeah I know I'm bringing an instrument up here and that's why I try to change it up I'll go piano ukulele guitar just to show Very some versatility cool. sure. yeah and uh, add an element of of I'm just goofing around up here Put, throw an instrument up I'll play the cowbell you know have you
0: played the piano at handbones?
1: Uh not at handbones, no. Oh, okay. Nice. I did it Parkway one time. That is a fancy.
0: Oh man. yeah, they got a nice one back yeah, there. Yeah,
1: real nice. Um But yeah, I uh I forget what we were talking about. <laughs> life, man. Yeah, right. We're doing it.
0: Just spitting out life stories. Well, we do a segment on the show each week. It'll get us into something maybe a little bit different or heavier than where we are right now, just talking comedy. But you can catch out Trevor tomorrow night at the Pittsburgh Improv. This segment I call Always Improving. It's been sponsored by the Greenbrier Treatment Center, and they are restoring hope and recovering lives here in western Pennsylvania. They can be reached at 1-800-637-HOPE or greenbrier.net. And the question I ask each week is, what do you think is the one thing that we could do to help improve the human experience on earth for everybody? Try to make this place a little bit better for all of mankind. Trevor, Austin, what do you think we can do? What make we could do it is,
1: better. there's a lot of comics in this city, and when they come onto a podcast, you could send them that question a week in advance, oh, so they sure. can come up with a better answer. Yeah, no, I'm just being an idiot. Um, <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, let me think here,
0: and I can I promise you, the comics that have come on this show have had. All sorts of different answers. That yeah, have been yeah. I, I can different. already feel
1: my answer being controversial, but I don't feel that it should be at all. Well, we'll talk it through. So, I think that, and I'm, I'm not a Bible-thumping kind of person by any stretch of the imagination.
0: Do you consider yourself a believer?
1: I'm a very recently renewed believer. Good. I went yeah, okay. I went deep into the the Bill Maher hole and like, like an angry 13-year-old atheist who's mad his parents made him go to church. I was like, yeah, it can't be real. And it really is a child's view on the situation. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of those stories are not true. You right. know, I'm an adult. They don't know, all have to be... With any religion. No one's flying down from the sky or coming back up to it. Correct, but, sure. Um, there is, there's something to be said for as far as... A cohesive society in my opinion a common you know a common faith or a common direction or a common goal is what really seems to drive most successful civilizations throughout all of time and I like to use the example of look at the military Uh, our country right now is so insanely divided on every level and if you hang out with a bunch of military dudes and they get drunk with them uh, or not for Greenbrier, sorry. (laughs) Um, but you you know what I'm saying? If you spend time around some of these people with their guard down, they'll say things to each other that are abhorrent, you know, that are filthy and whether, you know, racist or whatever you want to say, but they're all pointing their guns in the same direction. At the end of the day, they have a common goal. They have a common mission, objective, and a common enemy. They're aiming their gun at the same thing. So those things, they tend to rise above those things. um, so what I find is our society for years had a common goal. Now in the age of information, we've never been farther away from faith ever before in this country. No, well, that's true. We're very much farther away from it. Uh, just statistically, you know, each belief in each religion is going down. Belief in atheism is going up.
0: I think the amount of people that are our age in their 30s or thereabouts would be it, the number is drastically lower than my parents' generation when they were in their 30s. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: I th- and I, maybe that's going to correct it at some point. Yeah. But there's just such a anti-faith kind of sentiment that beca- became cool, I yeah, think. Yeah. 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 When I was in college or in the years that followed.
1: Yeah. And, uh, and that's also something you'll go through at that age. I'm sure in 1950 people when they turn, you know, they started sure. reading Ginsburg and thinking this is all, you know, whatever yeah. it may be. Oh, that's a bad example. I think he was a man of faith.
0: But you test your boundaries and you certainly look for stuff that's outside of, you know, going to church yeah, on yeah. Sundays You're and things your horizons. like
1: that. And we've made great great strides. That's another thing. Uh, it doesn't have to be faith that is this common goal because I, I think things may have gotten slightly too messy for that but uh you know th- th- we're, we're a melting pot we've made great strides in things like gay rights and one thing or another but there there need be some ethic one some common goal that everyone can uh everyone can get behind or understand because right now there there's warring factions all over and if i could pick one thing yeah that here's here's my answer if i could pick one thing it would be to spread gratitude a feeling and an attitude of gratitude every single morning of, um, you know, for, for, for forever. And I don't do this anymore. I would wake up and write out 10 things I'm thankful for and grateful for write it out. I was actually writing it in cursive with my non-dominant hand. Wow. That makes you think about it. Sure. You really have to focus to write in cursive with your non-dominant hand. I don't even hand. like
0: writing in cursive with my right hand. Exactly.
1: Cursive's <laughs> gone. Um, no, they don't even now teach Now I really sound kids. like an old man. There's
0: no religion, and these kids can't even write in cursive There's anymore. There's no cursive left.
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think gratitude would be the thing because we are all so quick on either side of any argument. It's, uh, you know.
0: It's easy to be negative.
1: It's so much easier to be negative. We live in a media-driven society where negativity drives views, and now there's all these people who have a phone screen in front of them all day long just getting a little opium drip of negative, 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 and it's... uh, well, we see what it's done. Yeah. So, either either increase gratitude or get rid of the internet. Those would be my two suggestions to fix the world.
0: And I think the internet has so much potential to bring the world together. It has you have every answer to every question in your pocket at any moment. You've got it there ready for you, but I don't think we use it properly. Yeah. And I think you're right, people are not Showing gratitude for what they have, it's a, very much a comparative culture where you're looking at people and having a passive relationship with them through their what they choose to show out through their prism of Facebook yeah. and Instagram and Twitter. And this is what I present oh, to the world as who I too. am. Yeah, social media is definitely not something I would still utilize if I didn't have... This podcast, stand-up yeah, shows, yeah, yeah. and things to yeah, promote. Oh, I, I did
1: not have a Facebook until December of 18. I, I think you it. can look on that thing and see that. Yeah. Here. And that's when I did my first mic. And I had people say, My very first comedy song was called The Internet is the Antichrist. <laughs> and um it I everybody was laughing, it hit, it was a lot of fun. And I walk off and uh I forget who it was, some seasoned comic came up to me and said, Oh man, you're really funny. You gotta get a Facebook. And I was just like, six, 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 go ahead, put it on me. So I didn't even have any social media until that. And I can catch myself. I mean, I hate it on a rudimentary level, but I can catch myself being on it far too much, looking at stuff that's none of my business, getting into conversations with people that aren't productive, you know, you're arguing with some dude in Milwaukee about nothing, you know, and it's, that's bad. And like you said, okay, so every single question we have the answer to sitting right in our pocket, Okay. Uh, let's look at something like GPS, right? It's safer, you won't be lost, you constantly know where things are, there's accessibility and convenience. If now you what start, do we sacrifice? If you
0: start giving me directions somewhere, I will be visibly upset at yeah, you.
1: Yeah, 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 it's like, why would I use that, right. right? My dad always does that still. He's like, oh, you know where you're going? It's- Right around here, right, and it's like, yeah. I just listen to the whole thing and then type in the address.
0: So turn well, left at the old McDonald's. You know where that is, right? The old McDonald's. It's like, no, I don't. I didn't live here.
1: Yeah. Leave me
0: alone, Dad. So
1: there's uh, with everything's a double-edged sword. Yeah. So if you you have increased convenience, okay, this is good. What have you sacrificed? You no longer have an innate animal sense of where you are. You know, two generations before us, they knew. Where true north was at all right. times, they had to. Now, does that take something away from our animal type selves? You know, a sense of direction, sense of where you are? And then what else does that lead to? Are you losing something else? So I think that the internet, to sum up the biggest issue with it, is there's never seems to be any consideration for the consequences.
0: Yeah, and it's, there's no reason to know anything. There's Mm. no reason to have sustained information inside of you. Yeah. To I mean we have every song ever written, we have every movie ever made available to stream right now if we wanted to. There's nothing that I couldn't either get a digital copy of or find something somebody who's selling it on eBay or on marketplace and get it within two days. Yeah. And that's absurd. I don't need to have access to everything. Yeah, and and
1: I don't get me wrong, I think it's great that we do. But what are you sacrificing? I'll tell you one thing, I used to love going to Blockbuster picking out a movie with a girl. Sure. You know, that was like it, man, that nostalgia. Now you got to scroll going to the theater. When's the last time you went to a movie theater?
0: I saw Us a couple weeks ago. I oh, like going. Never mind. To the movies. Sorry. Man. <laughs> no,
1: I love going to the movies. I, didn't I want don't want to get do spoiled it at all anymore. Yeah. And
0: uh, what are you watching? What's what's your? Uh, what oh, I'm your stealing shows? stuff off the internet. Are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Not really. I mean, no, but yeah, I guess I stream stuff and I I wait till I can. And everything is in the convenience of your own home. Yeah. Which again. Less community. There's just less. We're more connected than we've ever been with less community, less commonality.
0: And I think the average person looks at, oh, I have a thousand Facebook friends and I am in touch with all of them. It's a high school reunion that I have been at for the entire time I've been out of high school that I might see what these people are up to, but I don't talk to them. Yeah. I have a passive relationship where I get to see everything that they want to show me. And if I don't unfollow them or hide them, I'm. it's in my face all the time. Yeah. And then, but that's not having a real relationship with a human being. That's not how you change hearts and minds and have conversations about faith or what is important yeah. to somebody.
1: In fact, you're less likely to connect with that person. Right. Oh, I know what they're up to. Okay, checked in, you know.
0: Hey, so I'm in strange. your city. Maybe we should hang out. Okay, maybe it's convenient for that if I didn't know you moved to Louisville or yeah, Lexington and yeah, I happen yeah. to be driving through, but... The likelihood of interaction, I think, is a lot lower than the benefit of having the information on everybody that you know. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It's uh, uh, it's it's scary to me because. Well, how old are you, man?
0: I'm 32, going on 33. Okay, so
1: we are of a last and dying breed, a rare. We're here in in an incredible time in human history where I can vividly remember the internet not being a thing. Sure. You know, I, I guess it's been around, but, you know, no one was on the internet when we were six, seven, no, eight. No, like, I, you
0: know. yeah, we certainly are of a last few years. There might be a few yeah. people younger than you that don't remember the internet. Yeah. But...
1: And we remember when it started to become a thing, and it went about, everything seems, in my opinion, should have stopped around maybe 05, like we were getting, we're picking up steam and snowballing, and I remember... A- AOL Instant Messenger, hey, you know, absolutely. Like th- that Aim, was cool then and Napster, and then oh, the great. We Napster. got the GeoCities
0: pages, and
1: and things seem to grow exponentially. Uh, like it used to be, you could have a lot in common. Like like my brother's ten years older than me. We have a lot in common. Um, it feels like we're from the same generation. I played with his hand-me-down Ghostbusters toys. You sure. know, we had uh, a Ninja Turtle tent. You know, and now we I feel the like van. there's yeah, an absolutely. element of. Oh, you went to school, high school three years before me. Oh, you're from the MySpace generation. You're, you know, it's like real quickly. And again, it's another separation of community where you don't have the g- generations turnover faster. Like we have millennials and now they're calling it Gen Z. Right. They're like, they're like eight months apart. Right. <laughs> it's
0: strange. Well, and people put up these like everything is so segmented where it has to be like, this is what I like. And there's, I was just in England. Uh, And I got to do the Beatles tour up in Liverpool, which I'm I'm just as a music guy, that's that's the be all end all. But the world will never have another Beatles because we are so divided. There will never be a group or an artist that could ever even even if they were the greatest musicians in the world, could ever achieve that level because the internet is so snarky and people Uh are just so divided over what they like that it would take such a shift in our paradigm of how we as a society are operating for anything to get to that point. I mean, who would you say is the biggest artist right now?
1: something that will make me want to puke. I'm sure. sure. Whatever it is, you know, I mean, Beyonce dropped an album right is, and a Netflix special. Ray and... Cyrus and that kid. Oh do, yeah. You know, Lil Nas X. Sure. And I'm not trying to be a shit talker because all music is cool and has its own place. Wherever. Well,
0: don't there tell are my some heart.
1: tremendous local acts. Uh, yeah. What, my buddy's band where he was one of my closest friends. Um, I go out and see them on shows, and I, I'm like, I, I'd pay a hundred dollars for this ticket, you know, it's yeah. so good. And the bands that open for them, the bands that going after, they're all so good. there's so much happening. And I look at it and I really think none of you even have a remote chance of making it, <laughs> you know? and I've talked You can to, dig for music. I've
0: talked to local musicians who, like, don't have any aspiration to... If yeah. They're like, if it got to the point where it was my income, I wouldn't enjoy it as much. Yeah, yeah. Like, my buddy's
1: band is going to make it, by the way. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, there's just a thing of making it even. You're not going to be... There is no band that kids are into. Well, I don't know. Right. Imagine Dragons or something. Probably. It ain't yeah. the Beatles. No. <laughs> it ain't the Beatles. And then there's also this element of like SoundCloud rap. I don't know if you know what that is.
0: Yeah, Mumblecore and yeah, SoundCloud yeah, it's rappers. It's so and strange
1: the... to me. And in hindsight, I guess I can see how this is happening slowly over time. And uh, it's not to knock anybody who's into it, but there is, it's just like saying a comic book is, you know, uh, a world renowned author. It's just not the way it should be. It has a place. Comic books are cool. Yeah. But w- you know, where is Do we need our- to teach them in school? Yeah, exactly. Probably not. And eventually I'm sure that's where we'll get. It's kind of like, you remember saying, what am I ever going to need math for? I have a calculator.
0: And you're like, I wrote this great joke. You have to hear it. Now <laughs> I got math for days.
1: And now it's like, what do I need to know anything for? Right. I have a phone. And who knows what that's going to do one more generation down the line when our generation starts having the children now that are born into a world of Instagram asses and it's just bizarre.
0: How about the kids that never got the choice if they were going to be on the Internet? Their parents are just Internet people and Mm. you've gotten your first, what, nine, ten years documented before you're allowed to say to your mom and dad, maybe I don't want to be on the Internet. Maybe Mm. I don't want... I think that will be the backlash from the next generation, is putting more of an emphasis on privacy oh, and trying to get back whatever they have. What you know, and being grateful, finding ways to be grateful for uh, what we do have, no matter what. Hopefully, it's a positive way to look at the world.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope. I don't know. That's not. That's a. I can be such a pessimist, and I need to get away from that. Um,
0: I think as comics, we have a default of looking at the world. With a cynicism that isn't always helpful yeah. in staying positive, but trying... I think that's less and less now. I think there are enough... By by having the podcast access that we do on the national level to hear so many people that have made it and aren't that type of like old, angry comic that is disgruntled, these yeah. people that missed their shot and are now just bitter that they have to do these road gigs or whatever it's like you at least have people that are celebrating what they have that are passionate about what they're doing that are at least trying to be positive about this is a silly job if you're not having fun The goal is to make sure that you are entertaining and you're having a good time up there. And if you are somebody who can find validation doing something besides stand-up, I will promise you this. There are way easier ways to go feel good about yourself than getting on stage. So please don't take up the time from people who this is the only thing that fulfills them in this world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a few of us. Always improving. Brought to us by the Greenbrier Treatment Center. There are many options to pay for drug or alcohol or rehab, either with or without insurance. They are restoring hope and recovering lives at 1-800-637-HOPE and greenbrier.net. That's always improving here on Garrett Titlebomb, It's nice to see he's working. We are taping on the three-year anniversary of me taping the first episode of this show. Trevor, what were you up to three years ago today?
1: Ah, uh, three years ago today. Or three years ago
0: April. We'll go Yeah, abroad. yeah, yeah, I get you. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, I was in California. I was out there doing... I was I was not doing comedy because I go through life backwards. Yeah, I that's moved f- from L.A. back to Pittsburgh to do comedy.
0: What brought you out to L.A.? Because you grew up here.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, I grew up here, born and raised. And I um, I had some friends out there. I kind of just went out there aimlessly. Sure. Um, you know, I think that's a very common crisis of a lot of people my age is I school never did it for me. I don't believe I'm quite cut out to be a family guy kind of guy. And a lot of that comes from, which is one thing the internet has done great. It has got rid of like the talking heads of TV. Cause there seems to be, I grew up on TV, man. and watch every single episode of every single show. And there seems to be, I'm also a conspiracy theorist. So I see this underlying tone, these strange, uh, strange undertones of the cool thing to do is to be aimless and be a wanderer. And sure. you know, I like to play music and let, you know, I. I didn't start getting any real direction until I came back to Pittsburgh here uh, about a year and a half ago.
0: Okay, how long yeah. were you in California?
1: Uh, two two and a half years. Nice. So it's we, gorgeous, man. I, gorgeous yeah. and soulless. You near L.A. or? Uh, well, I was in L.A. I was really more in Orange County. Sure, which is just gorgeous out there. Yeah, but also there's zero sense of community nobody's from there you know right, everyone sure. you meet is from somewhere else and they all want to show you their screenplay and not read yours you know it's uh <laughs> it's strange it's a cool experience um did i'm you glad have, i did that because a lot of people were doing comedy thinking that might be the end game yeah to get For to me, i don't think that i would want to go back i think i've scratched that itch and sure. i've seen it you know
0: It's good to get out there. Now you've got New York, you've got Chicago, you've got other comedy kind of meccas that you can go to. Atlanta's obviously as big as it gets right now.
1: You've got the internet. Yeah. You, 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 if you start something there, then it's time, then you can branch out and do your thing. But, um, Bo Burnham, who people compare me to all the time, I get so sick of it, but that it's a really inspiring story. Yeah. Just made some YouTube videos clowning around and now, also, he had a scholarship to Harvard, I think, or he was accepted. Like he's yeah. a brilliant person. I don't want to give Not anyone a dummy by any the stress. impression that yeah, just start making YouTube videos, dude. I I read this study. I should probably look it up so that I. But uh, you know, just to generalize, they asked, I think it was eight to ten year olds, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" Right, and I think they said eighty three percent, or some number that is ridiculously high want to be professional YouTubers. See, this is again, when I talk about like the aimlessness, the no, no faith, no commonality, no common goals. Uh, it, it's not no gratitude really. It's whatever I'm doing sucks. Cause I could just be talking to my computer right. in my house, connecting with 6 million people, but not really connecting with anyone. And it, it's worse than the, you know, the, I want to be a policeman. I want to be a fireman. I want to be a football player. I want to be a baseball player. Those are the people who grew up to become broadcasters. And, and it right. spreads out through society, whereas now it seems like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Really into myself. That's what kids want to do.
0: Yeah, be self-focused and not... I, I think when you talk about being grateful and just there being such a divide in society earlier, like there's just such a individual mindset that I don't think the average person is invested in the greater good. I don't think we end up where we are, at least not as a country, I won't speak for the whole world, but to end up where we are, if you are not somebody who's worried about other people that are different than you, you know, people that have different backgrounds or experiences or different faiths or sexualities, there are so many human beings that you have the opportunity to meet and interact with, and if you're somebody who closes yourself off to an entire sect of our population because you're using faith as a weapon or because you're mm-hmm. filled with hate or whatever your rationale is for not liking somebody or what they're about, and there's just no, nothing positive comes from that.
1: There's no from gratitude. that sort of tribalism. Yeah, there's no gratitude and appreciation for for someone else and for yourself and interconnectivity of any kind. And that's that's what I'm saying. Like, there are so many different people. And I don't think it's good to have a monolith or like a 1950s fascist Christians type culture either. But you need a culture. Do you, know. Do you
0: feel like you got a better appreciation for that when you were out in California, as far as being exposed to different stuff compared to here in Pittsburgh,
1: you cannot avoid coming to that conclusion there. Yeah. At least I couldn't. Um, cause there's crazies and you at first that's, it's like ap- appealing, you know, it's like really cool to meet all these eclectic different people from different walks of life. And then you start to realize, you know what, they're all very different, but they're all also kind of the same, yeah. you know? And yeah, that, it's strange to me because there seems to be no, I, like gratitude's what I pick because everyone can get behind gratitude. I don't know what else we can do to try to unite all these Everybody. different people, different religions, different races, different sexualities. How do we unite it whenever that we don't have, we don't have the enemy, we're, you know, like the example of the military, we're, we're not all pointing our guns in the same direction.
0: We have a unique yeah. mission. Yeah,
1: half the people want to aim this way, half the people want to aim the other way, and then they become their own enemies. Right. As opposed to, you, now you're aiming at each other, and that's...
0: And people even, you know, go after themselves, people inside their own group, because you're not far enough one direction or the other. You yeah. Oh, your...
1: yeah, then they then they cannibalize. That's right. what happens.
0: It's not safe. It's not safe out here for <laughs> a young comic. What... um. Were you interested in doing film and TV and stuff when you were out in California? You mentioned screenplays. Um,
1: I mean, I've always had an interest. I wasn't really doing anything to strive towards it. One of my closest friends that I actually moved out there to be near uh, has a degree in film, and that's what he's working towards. Oh, and, cool. Uh, yeah, we've been out there pursuing a never-ending documentary. He actually, it's, it's crazy. He just started uh, finally really shooting this thing and has it all written out and going. Um, and then of course go out to California to do film. He's filming it in new Orleans, (laughs) you know? So, um, but yeah, I mean, I've always had an interest in it. I think just in entertainment in general. Sure. Um, I, I, (laughs) you know what I really want to be is a professional YouTuber. no. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: I know you say Bo Burnham, but you kind of have a Chris D'elia look to you.
1: Oh my goodness! I don't know if you I ever had heard a that. Dollar for every time yeah. I hear it all the time. Uh, they have his picture up at the Improv behind the stage. I was like, check yes. it out, they're ready for me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I started hearing that years ago. I hear it everywhere I go. I guess guys with long hair. I'm being yeah, profiled sure. right now. That's what that is. Yeah, but I actually have a joke I do about it where. I say I look more like Charles Manson than Jesus. There you go. But yeah. <laughs> long hair and a beard that you're going to get the hits. Christalia, Jesus, Charles
0: Manson. Christalia, up in the <laughs> upper echelon of bearded long-haired guys. Well, we're wrapping up here at the end of the show. You know you got the show tomorrow at the Improv. Yeah, we're at
1: the Improv in the Pittsburgh's uh, King of the Spring Comedy Contest. Uh, it starts at 8. I don't know the last 2 weeks I went on first. I got um, cool. I've got an eerie feeling they're going to do that again just yeah. cuz it's music and kind of kicks off things as uh yeah, come on out and support it'll be a lot of fun. There's the best comics left, a lot of really funny people and uh yeah, dude, I'm uh, on the uh, on the theme here, I'm very very grateful to have been here today, man. This was a lot of fun.
0: I appreciate you doing it. As soon as we met, I had, had in the back of my head, I was like, maybe he'll do the podcast tomorrow if I ask him nice. And I was like, that'd be really cool because you had your birthday show coming up, and oh, yeah. I used to host a Cativo, and I know you did that over there. Yeah, that was a so, lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, having a late scratch and needing a guest at the last minute, this was a perfect way to kind of yeah, get that's to do great, it man. right before the contest. Right before the
1: contest. Yeah, come out and vote for me. I don't even think that's how it works.
0: Yeah, we <laughs> but, hope uh, it. We hope you. Still come out yeah, either way. Come out, way.
1: laugh, and have a good time. That's your only requirement.
0: Get out to Homestead. Be grateful that there's live comedy here in the great Pittsburgh area. I know you're not the biggest fan of social media, but if the listeners want to find you out there and find uh, out what shows you have going on, what's the best way to follow Trevor you?
1: Trevor Austin on Instagram or Trevor Austin 21 one. Yeah, Trevor Austin21 on Instagram and Trevor Austin on Facebook. That's all I really have going on as far as the interwebs.
0: I love it, man. You can follow the podcast, Garrett Bomb. It's nice to see he's working on iTunes, Stitcher, or Laughable. We have new episodes every Tuesday. We tape here at the Unplanned Comedy Warehouse. Our official pizza sponsor is Driftwood Oven right here in beautiful Lawrenceville. And of course, Greenbrier Treatment Center, our official sponsor of Always Improving. You can find me at Dropping Bombs, B-A-U-M-S. And you can find Garrett Teitelbaum at, uh, Garrett Teitelbaum, it's nice to see he's working on Facebook. Enjoy your week. God bless you. And God bless America.
1: You have been listening to Unplanned Comedy Pods a podcast collector.